Well, how y'all doing? This is Brother J.W. Brand with God's Whole Word, and I'm glad to be with you on this Friday evening. Now, before we get started, I just want to say something because uh, um, somebody made mention to me that uh, for some reason, and I don't even know why, I don't understand why I did it, but uh, I had said J.T. Brand, and I, and I listened back at that, and I must have done it twice. I said, I don't even know why I did that. I said, I don't know if it's because I just like the sound of it or whatever, because it don't even have an initial. I don't even have an initial in my middle name uh, that starts with a T. So I don't even know why I did that, but I'd actually done it twice. And I said, well, I don't know what in the world. I don't know what I was thinking. If I was thinking about a turkey or I don't know what in the world I was thinking that made me do that. But anyway, because uh, J is my first initial of my first name, W's uh, initial of my second name. I do have a third middle name, and uh, but it don't start with a T. It's got a T in it, but it don't start with a th T. So I do apologize for that. And I, I thought, you know, somebody's going to hear that, and then they're going to think, well, don't even know what his name is. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know why I did it. I, I don't know. I guess I just thought JT sounded good. I don't know. But anyway, I started using a while back uh, my first two initials, and uh, that just kind of stuck. And so, uh, anyway, so, like I said, this is Brother J.W. Brand, and uh, yes, I do know my name. All right, and so, before we get started with the podcast today that we're going to talk about uh, this thought, uh, and, and, and that, that, that thought is, are you the devil's dinner? Are you the devil's dinner? I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about some things today. All right, and so, uh, as always, I'm just going to start in prayer, uh, with prayer, that is. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity once again to come and to share your word. I feel privileged and I feel honored, God, to be able to do such a thing. And I ask you, Lord, that you would bless uh, us as we uh, read your word and that you would anoint it and that you would uh, cause these lips of clay to speak the word that you would have spoken. And dear God, we thank you for your word that leads us and guides us and directs us on our way, on our path, on our journey serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you praise and we give you worship in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to get up in the word tonight and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, this thought, are you going to be the devil's dinner? And I'd like to direct you, if I may, to 1 Peter chapter 5. And uh, we're going we to... Uh, get on down to, uh, I'm going to go all the way to the last verse that I'm going to read tonight. I'm going to start with the last verse and then we're going to back up a little bit. All right, so to start with that last verse, it says, be sober. This is First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. All right, I'm going to read it one more time. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. All right, and so we're going to get back to that in a little bit, but we're going to back up to verse 5. That's where we're going to go. And it's going to lead us to verse 8, but we got to find out some things that uh, uh, we need to look at before we got to that verse. Now, the word devour... It's an interesting word. It means to gulp down entirely or to drink down or swallow up like a drunk. 
And uh, it, it, it talks about that uh, imbibing and all of that kind of thing. So it means to gulp down entirely or to swallow up like a drunk. That means the devil wants to come along and swallow us up. He wants to come along and gulp us down entirely. But let's look and see what the verses that are before this verse, what it's leading up to and what it says. And so verse 5. We're going to go back to verse 5 in chapter uh, 5 of First Peter. All right, now Peter, he is the apostle that uh, was able to speak the first message on the birthday of the church. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached the first message. And this is an astounding thing. It's an amazing thing because uh, Peter, he was one that, uh, you know, he told the Lord that he would not deny him. And he said, oh, but you will. He said, you'll deny me. He said, before that cock crows, he said, you're going to deny me three times. And that is exactly what Peter did. But fast forwarding up to the power of the Holy Ghost coming down, Peter had the unction, uh, the unction and, the, and the anointing. Uh, and, uh, and, and all of that had been removed from him. All of the fear of, of, of saying, yes, I know that man. I know that man. He is my Lord. Uh, he denied him three times. And, um, you know, Peter went on to preach that first message on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell on the people of God. Now, we want to listen to uh, this message that Peter's got for us because he's going to give us some words about what leads up to this thing about being devoured by the enemy. We don't want to be devoured by the enemy. We don't want the, the devil to come along and gulp us up and, and swallow us up like a drunk. No, we want to be aware of what's going on and what uh, we need to do. How can we keep uh, from being the devil's dinner? Amen. And so verse 5, it says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder." Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. That is verse 5. And so let's look at that for a minute because the first thing that it talks about is submitting, being in submission. Uh, it says here the younger to the older, and this can mean a lot of things. It could mean the younger people being submitted to uh, the older folks. Uh, certainly we find that uh, spelled out in the scripture many times. But as well, we can see that uh, when we find the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy, Timothy was a young man, much younger than some of those that were uh, in the church that he was going to be placed under to pastors. Uh, uh, Brother Paul was sending him and placing him uh, to, to, to be a leader in the church. And, and, and Timothy was a young man uh, as far as age goes, chronological age. But you know, the Apostle Paul made a point to Timothy and he said, you know, uh, you, you've been knowing the Lord uh, for a long time since you were a young child because even his grandmother uh, and his own mother, uh, they taught him in the ways of the Lord. Now, uh, he, Timothy, was uh, what was known as uh, being half Jew and half Gentile. His father was a Gentile, his mother was a Jew. But uh, Peter 
uh, or not Peter, excuse me, the Apostle Paul, he looked at Timothy and he says, you know, I, I know you've got uh, this age difference between some of those that you're going to be pastoring and that may be intimidating to you, but don't let that bother you because some people, they may be older in age and yet have just come to the Lord. Now, I am going to make mention of this, that something that I saw a couple of nights ago, and I believe that it was on YouTube, and I just was so amazed with it. It was just such a blessing to watch. And I watched this uh, older man. As a matter of fact, uh, he was, I, if I remember correctly, he was 89 years old, and he had made up his mind to be baptized in Jesus' name at 89 years old. And so, of course, they were being very careful with him as they brought him down into the baptismal tank, and he was baptized in Jesus' name. And it was just a wonderful thing to see. Uh, but but there again, uh, I, I've got to make this uh, understood here uh, for those that may not uh, quite quite get what it means for the younger sometimes to submit to the older. This man's 89 years old, but he's just now a new babe in Christ. Just now getting baptized in Jesus' name. So, uh, you know, somebody that may be only 30 years old may have been around the Word since they were a child. And they've got a lot of knowledge to impart to this person that could be much, much older than them. So let's understand that in light of this verse that it could be chronologically speaking that there's younger folks that need to be listening to the older folks, but at the same time, it could be speaking uh, in the manner of spiritually speaking. You know, somebody could have um, be, could absolutely be younger in age, but have been serving the Lord much longer than somebody else that has just come to know the Lord. You know, because some people come to know the Lord as that 89-year-old man did uh, at a much, uh, you know, that's a, a really long time uh, uh, waiting to come to know all of the truth of the uh, of the Lord. And anyway, so let's let's talk about this. Now it says for the uh, younger uh, submit yourselves uh, unto the elder uh, and yea all of you be subject one to another. And so what it's talking about in the very beginning here is that we must learn to submit each and every one of us. We've all got to learn to submit to each other. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in that because many of us, you know, we kind of like sometimes we pass people by just because we think, well, they don't really have much to impart to me. They don't really have much to say to me. And you may have some kind of idea in your head as to why that is. But uh, there's wisdom in this because you never know what that person might be able to do or say for you. Uh, in, 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 in maybe the wisdom that God has given them. And so we certainly have got to learn to be submissive one to another because we all are to submit to Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So submission is talked about here before he goes into this issue about being eaten up by the devil. Now, so we've got to get this in place, folks. We've got to submit to one another. And it's always important uh, to look at our spiritual leaders. Uh, you know, I, I, I find myself many a time where I will, um, you know, be listening to other preachers. I, I make a point of, of making sure that I get in there and I listen uh, to uh, other men and, and even women of God that God has anointed and uh, listen to the wisdom that God has given them uh, through the Word and, and, um, and certainly being full of God's Spirit. So we've got to submit one to another. The other thing that we see here in verse 5 is that uh, he says, 
to be clothed with humility. It says to be clothed with humility. What does it mean to be clothed with humility? The word humility means a modest view of one's own importance. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't look at yourself as important to God in God's eyes. You know, we certainly know that the Lord loves us and we are the apple of his eye. He adores us. Uh, but we've got to be careful uh, about being uh, one that has a modest view. In other words, it don't mean that you look down on yourself and you just beat yourself to death and all of that. No, we're not talking about that. But to have a modest view of one's own importance. Now, I, I've remembered times that I've heard people, uh, some things that have come out of people's mouth and I just shake my head, inside my head. I'm not really shaking it on the outside because I'm thinking they, they're going to know I'm, I'm just... Uh, you know, kind of discombobulated in my head at something they might have just said. And, uh, but I've, some people I've heard them say things and I was just astounded at, at uh, how uh, such, at such heights that people put their uh, idea of themselves. Uh, and certainly, you know, it's okay to have a modest view of oneself, but let's make sure that we keep it at a good level because the devil is watching those things. You see, this all leads up to that verse 8. And the devil looks at these things. He's going to look and see, are we being submissive one to another? Or are we trying to one-up on somebody else? Or are we getting to the point where we, we, don't, we don't allow ourselves to be clothed with humility and allowing ourselves to have a modest view of ourselves? And it certainly uh, can be known because it can come out of our mouths. The Bible uh, you know, makes that very clear that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if your view of yourself is much higher than what it ought to be, that's going to tend to come out of your mouth. And I've seen a couple of people that are, uh, I won't mention names, but a couple of people that come to mind. And I'm sure that you might be able to do that as well. Now, so the next thing on the list here in verse 5. It says that, uh, first of all, we've got to be submissive to one, one to another and to be clothed with humility. And the reason is because it says God resisteth the proud. The Word of God says that the Lord resisteth the proud. Now, what does that mean? The word resisteth means God will oppose you and I. That's what it means, that God will literally oppose us. He will prevent us from being able to maybe do something we've just got a mind and we say, well, we're just going to go do. And, and, and you may, instead of looking at it, you know, uh, uh, I, I will do this with God's will in place if the Lord allows it. But there's a lot of folks that don't want to talk like that. They don't want to have a mind like that. They just got a mind, I'm just going to do what I want, and I'm going to do it how I want, when I want, and they don't want to... Uh, have a mind to think that, uh, well, maybe your plans could change because God is not going to allow you to do just whatever you feel like doing. And so the Bible says God resisteth the proud. Not just anybody, but the proud. Who are the proud? The meaning of that word, when I looked it up, it means standing above others and even standing above God, trying to stand above God. And, you know, there are those that Word of God tells us that uh, there, uh, it's a fool that says in his heart that there is no God. It's a fool that says in his heart that there's no God. And so we, uh, when we get that kind of a mind, we got this idea it's just me, myself, and I. And there's no God that I'm going to have to give an account to. But I got news for you. 
We are all going to have to do that. And God, uh, the word of God says that he resisteth those folks. He resisteth the proud. Those that look like they're above everybody else. And the word resisteth, it means to disapprove as well. It also means to stand against. But let's look at what it says after that. God resisteth the proud, but what does he do to the humble? It says he giveth grace to the humble. He giveth grace to the humble. Now, who are the humble? When you look up this word humble, the Aramaic word, it means not willing to overestimate yourself and your abilities. Not willing to overestimate yourself and your abilities. And you say, well, it sounds like you're just talking about talking down about yourself. No, not at all. It's talking about not overestimating. You know, find out where you are, but don't overestimate it. Don't over uh, uh, indulge on what you can and cannot do. If you're not able to do something, you've got to be willing to say, you know, I can do this and this, but I just can't do that. I don't have that ability. There's a lot of things that I just cannot do. I don't work on my car because, uh, you know, I lift up the head, uh, up the hood, uh, up the hood of my car, you know, and my in my head I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what in the world, all this stuff up in here. Now you know. Uh, I've done a couple of things in my day many years ago, uh, you know, when cars were easier to work on. I remember one time uh, my, the starter went out on my car and I had this old car. It was a, like a 1969 Plymouth. And, uh, the, and, and, of course, this was in, I believe, the 80s is when I had it. So it was an old car by then. And, I, and my starter went out, and I knew that it did. And I went down to the—I uh, got a, a, a way down to— uh, the auto parts store and I got me a starter and all I had was I'm not kidding I had a pair of pliers and I had a screwdriver and that's all I had I didn't have much of nothing in tools because I'm just not a tool kind of guy and uh, I, I got under there well I actually was able to get that starter off of there with the the pliers and the and the um, uh, and the screwdriver and I got that other one on there but I'll tell you what when I got through that I thought to myself I will never ever uh, pursue being a mechanic that ain't gonna happen in my lifetime and and it's just something I can't do and and so you know I don't even change my own oil I drive in there to that oil can whatever it is and get my all changed all right so God giveth grace to the humble so we've got to be willing to not overestimate ourselves you know it's it's all right uh, you know, to uh, be able to, to, you know, you may be applying for a job and maybe you've got uh, some things to back you up that you would be the best candidate for the job. And that's okay. That's all right. But uh, let's be careful about overestimating, the, uh, you know, our, our abilities and what we can do. Now, so uh, it says that God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. And so uh, this... Uh, is, is, is a wonderful thing that God will give us grace uh, and, and this is something that um, uh, you know when we, when we really think about it you know God don't have to do that God, God don't have to uh, do nothing for us that he don't want to do but it says that God uh, certainly will give us uh, grace now some people say well what does it mean that God gives grace to the humble well God is going to give you his favor god is going to look at you in your life and give you favor i remember uh well i've seen it happen a, a few times and i had mentioned to uh this well this one particular person and i and i happened to say you know uh, because they were 
the job that they had, and they were they lived quite a ways away. They lived about 20 miles from their job one way. And I said, you know, the Lord could make a way for you to be able to work from home. And they said, oh, I don't know. And I said, oh, no, I'm telling you, God can, God can remove other people out of the way, and God can do that for you. Well, they didn't think that that was possible. Well, I tell you what, guess what today? God has blessed that person, and they are able to work from home, and they've been working from home for, for many years. And, and the thing of it is, God literally changed the situation. And, and I said, you know, we're going to pray. And, uh, and it was a blessing to them because they were able to um, uh, be able to work from home. And, but, but the thing of it is, God, uh, God is going to allow you, as we walk humbly, God is going to allow you to have His favor upon your life. Now, uh, you know, let's not look at that. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to go down and I, I'm going to play the lottery and God's going to give me favor and all that. Uh, no, we're not talking about that kind of stuff. You know, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the lottery another time because I know some people ain't gonna like what I got to say about that. But anyhow, but uh, but God is going to give you favor, and if you are willing to walk with Him and serve Him, but like uh, like uh, Peter is saying in verse five at the very beginning, you know, God resisteth the proud, and God is asking us to submit to one another and to be clothed with that humility. Now, so huh, so let's look at verse six. It says to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. To humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And so, uh, again, we've got to be willing to submit to God. We've got to be willing to come under His direction. If we are not willing to come under His direction, then the devil is literally going to see that. There's no two ways about that. If you think the devil don't, let me let me tell you something. Now, the thing about it is this: all the people in the world that don't serve the Lord and see, and now the the this podcast, I I I have certainly geared it towards those that are walking with the Lord and trying to encourage them, and I hope that I do. I really do. I hope that that this podcast. I know sometimes there's going to be some things on here that I'm going to say that's going to probably stir some people up, and they they're not going to like what I say. And other times there may be, it depends on who's, who's listening. And, uh, you know, you might get somebody else on another side of the issue that might get upset with something else I say. Because I, I know the Lord uh, told me one day, he said, when you get going, he said, you're going to stir people up on both sides. He said, but I'm going to be with you. And he said, don't be afraid of their faces. Do what I ask you to do. So I'm going to bring the word. And that's why we call it God's whole word. We got to get the whole word out there. But... Um, We've got to be willing to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We've got to be willing to say, I am absolutely in need of God's direction. I am absolutely in need of being uh, submissive to the Almighty God. I have a need to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, uh, one of the things that um, uh, that I have said to people before, you know, when you're dealing with certain things and and uh, you, you see so many people nowadays, all they think about Jesus is that Jesus is a candy man. That all Jesus is going to do is uh, just give you all the sweets and all of that kind of thing, and 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 and, and certainly the Lord is about loving uh, and and uh, you know being loving and kind and and forgiving and all of those things. But there's a lot of things that people don't want to talk about that Jesus says. Jesus talks about repentance, and people don't want to talk about that. 
Jesus talks about uh, loving the Lord with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And do you know that uh, all they want to do is quote the verse that talks about loving your neighbor. They don't want to quote what comes before that when it talks about loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And so we've got to get things in order. Amen. We've got to talk about the whole word of God. Amen. And so uh, we've got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And, and, and the only way we can do that is we can't just accept Jesus as our Savior. You can't just accept Jesus as your Savior. You have got to accept him as your Lord as well. He's got to be the Lord of your life. He's got to be the Lord of my life. Because if we don't do that, we're not going to humble ourselves under his mighty hand. Now, the next thing is that it says that humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You and I have a time when God uh, says, I'm going to lift you up from here or there. We can't force that. We can't just say, I'm going to go do. You know, somebody may come to the house of God and they may come down to the altar and they repent of their sins and then maybe a month later they think they're ready to go preach the word and go out evangelizing. No, 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 no. There's a time that we've got to sit down and learn and there's a time that, uh, you know, God is going to be teaching us some things and, and helping us to grow in Him before we are pushed out there to do the work of the Lord. And so we've got to humble ourselves. You, you've got to let God raise you up in due time. And it will come. You've got to be patient. And uh, verse 7. Now verse 7, it says, and Now remember, all of these things are leading up to verse 8 that talks about the devil wanting to go out and devour people. Wanting to eat them up. Wanting to swallow them up. Wanting to drink them up like a drunk. And uh, it says, verse 7. Now the next thing is, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We've got to get in our minds, in our hearts, that we've got to cast all of our cares upon him. Do you know how many people don't do that? I'm talking about Christians. Do you know how many people that I have I've, I've talked to and tried to encourage them? You've got to give it over to the Lord. You've got to hand it over to the Lord, because if you don't hand it over to the Lord... How is it going to get done? And I don't want to name off all the different uh, specific situations. But, but there have been times that, you know, people that I know and I see them trying to get certain things accomplished. And it's like they're hitting a wall. They keep hitting a wall and keep hitting a wall. And, and, and then I, I, I try to encourage them and try to give them a little counsel. And I say, you know, you you got to go to the Lord. you got to take it in prayer because you're going to keep hitting that. But God is able to help you on through. And, 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 and so it's important that we realize we, every one of us, we cannot allow pride to get so wrapped up in our heart. We can't allow it to get wrapped up at all. But, uh, you know, sometimes people don't even realize that there's pride in there. They don't even realize it. Because they won't cast all of their cares on the Lord. That means there's some pride. You feel like you've got to take care of it all by your little old self. But the Lord is saying, cast all. That, you know when the Lord says all, he means all. You know what I mean? I mean, when the Lord says all, do you think he means something else? No, the Lord means what he said. When he says all, he means all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And so we got to cast all our care, every bit of it. If we've got children that are not serving the Lord and they have backslid, or maybe they never came to the Lord. Maybe you raised them 
to serve the Lord. And now they're out living like a devil and they don't want to turn around. I'm telling you what, uh, the best thing to do is to cast your care on the Lord and lay them down at the altar and let God deal with them and say, Lord, let your will be done. Now, when you pray that, remember that just is exactly what is going to happen if you pray that. The will of God is going to come because you know, we want our children saved. We want our relatives saved, our aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and all of those things. We want them to be saved. Whatever God has got to bring into their lives to get them to turn around. Because I tell you what, I remember the, the time and the, the moments in my life. I didn't realize that this was happening. But I had, I had people praying for me. I had a Holy Ghost filled grandmother praying for me and I had aunts and, uh, on praying for me and they were wanting me to get saved. And, uh, you know, and time moves on. And, and later on, you know what they say about hindsight? Y'all heard that? Hindsight? Yeah, in hindsight. I look about that hindsight of my life and I'm thinking to myself, boy, I'll tell you what they must have been really praying because, boy, I tell you, this, this happened. And that happened, and this happened, and God trying to trying to get me to my knees so that I would repent of my sins and turn from my wicked ways. And so we've got to lay it all out. If you've got a job, and uh, or maybe you've lost your job, and 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 you've done everything that you know to do, you have put in every application that you could put in. You've done everything you know to do, and nothing has happened. Turn it over to the Lord. Let all of your cares be laid down at His feet. But when we lay them there, we've got to leave them there. Now, that don't mean that we're not going to continually bring it to the Lord's attention. But that doesn't mean that we take it and put it on our back and carry it around and worry about it. We've got to uh, let it go and say, Lord, this is in your hands. I have no uh, other thing that I can do. You gave me certain abilities. He gave you the ability, I guess, to write and fill out the applications and whatever you got to do, and, and maybe to do that job that you've applied for. But that's all you got. And God even gave you that ability. You know, all that we know and that we can do, God has given us that too. But then you finally say, but Lord, I can't open these doors. You've got to open them up. The Lord is the only one that can open up the doors, folks. And, and, and the thing of it is, the devil's watching this. Are we willing to do these very things? Are we willing to cast all of our cares on him? Or are we going to hold on to some of them? Because I'm going to tell you what. If it ain't the devil himself, he'll send his little minions. He will send... Now, I probably shouldn't have said that word. But anyway, he's going to send his little devils. Because the devil, he's not, you know, omnipresent. The devil's not omnipresent. Only God's omnipresent. The devil's not omnipresent. So he'll send his little devils running around. And who do you think that he's going to go after? He's already got, the, I said this earlier and I didn't finish my thought, but he's, he's already got the people in the world. He don't need to try to uh, go get them. He's already got them. But a child of the living God, no, he wants to come after you. Yes, he does. And if he, uh, and you know, he can't be everywhere at all times. And so he's going to send little devils here and there. And the devil will look and see, have you cast all that care on? Or is your conversations with others and all of that, uh, you know, you, you say that you laid it down at the altar on, on whatever day that you have your worship service. You, you, you laid it down on the altar. But then the next week, you're on the phone and you're mumbling and complaining about what's not getting done. 
Do you don't think the devil don't hear that? He sure enough does. Yes, he does. And and I'm not talking about needing counsel or whatever. And I, I'm not. I don't mean that at all. Because sometimes there's some really difficult and dark roads that we go down, and we need some help. We need some somebody to come along and pray with us and all of that. I, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just talking about people. They say they're going to lay it down at the altar, and and it appears that they do, and they can get down that altar, and they can be down there, and they can just be crying and going on. But come the next week. They're on the phone or they're on the message thing, whatever that's called, you know, and uh, sending text out and doing hardly anybody call on the phone no more. And, uh, and and just a complaining, complaining, complaining. You say, well, how do you know that? You've been sneaking up on people's message? No, no, it's just uh, I, I, I've had experiences, I'll tell you. And so now, so we got to cast all of our care on him. But verse 8, pay attention now. It says to be sober. Now, some people are not going to like uh, what I'm going to say. I know you're not. Some of you are not. And even I'm saying Christian. I'm talking about Christians. Because there's some Christians that got this idea, oh, well, we can, we can still have a little drink now and then and this, that, and the other. But I want you to listen. The word sober here, there are more than one word translated sober in the King James Version. Now, y'all need to understand that. But this word here, it, it means to be watchful. Yes, it does mean that. But it also means, and says it right there, to abstain from wine. Or any, you know, wine was the, you know, in that day, that was their alcoholic beverage. And we still have it today. But, um, but you know, wine was anything, in, in, even the Bible speaks about wine on the vine. And we're going to talk about that another time. I'm going to get a whole podcast going. But, um, uh, uh, to abstain from these things. Well, why would it mention that? Because anybody knows, even if you got a little buzz, you say, well, how do you know? Because I didn't always serve the Lord. I didn't always serve the Lord. And I, I remember one time I got so drunk when I wasn't, so I'm not talking about drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about when I had backslid away from the Lord and I wasn't living right and somebody invited me to a bar. And by the time we got done there, uh, you know, the person that I came with, it drove us there, and then when we got done, that person was drunker than I was, but I was drunk, and I and and I knew I had to drive, but uh, well, I didn't think. Uh, now I think about it, and I shouldn't have drove, but but I, at my thinking process at that time, I was confused and thinking, okay, I guess I got to drive because that person's not able to drive. They're worse off than I am. They fell in the back seat and 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 went to sleep. You couldn't even wake them up. And uh, so I remember getting in the car and I remember driving down the road and I was going so slow because I realized I couldn't hardly take in what was in front of me. I was having a really hard time. And if anybody's ever been drunk, you know what I'm talking about. And by the time I got that car stopped and we got where we had to go, I said to myself, I ain't never going to do this again. And I haven't, I, I just would not, even as long as I didn't serve the Lord, I just didn't do it. And matter of fact, I, that made me stop drinking right then. And I, had, I quit. I didn't do it no more. And I didn't, certainly wasn't driving drunk because I never got drunk again after that. But the thing of it is that there is this thing, and I'm talking about that because I know some of you, you've lived in the world, you know what I'm talking about, where people say, oh, I got a little buzzed. You know, you maybe had a beer. You had a beer and you, you had a little buzz. I got a buzz. Yeah, well, uh, you know, even in that buzz, you're not quite clear in your thinking and you know you're not. You sure enough know you're not. 
And so this is, I believe, the reason why this particular uh, word is used and, uh, and, and can be uh, involving even uh, alcoholic beverage. But you've got to be watchful is the essence of what being said. Because if we are not watchful, if we are not paying attention, even if we allow ourselves just that moment where we just get sidetracked just a little bit. Now, sober, we've got to be spiritually sober. This is also something that we're looking at because when it says watchful and you look up that word, you find out that it is also talking about being spiritually watchful of your surroundings. We've got to be aware of our surroundings, spiritually speaking, as well. You know, what are you doing with your prayer life? You know, some, some people, uh, they don't realize that the devil sometimes, especially around the holidays, and I won't say this, around the holidays, a lot of times what the devil does is uh, he puts in our mind that we've got to get so many things done. Now, you may start uh, out of your own mind doing that. You may, you, you may say, well, i got to get this done, and i got to get that done, and i got to get this done, and, and so on. But I'll tell you what, whatever it is that you're doing that's going to pull you away from prayer and reading the Word, the devil, either he's going to be right there, or he's going to send his little old people, his little old devils, uh, uh, maybe sometime in the form of other people, you know what I mean, and use that situation to get you sidetracked so by the end of the day, you're so worn out especially during the holiday. You're so worn out and you plop in the bed and then you say to yourself, oh, I didn't pray. Oh, I, I, I didn't get my Bible reading done. And, 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 you know, and, and, and then you say to yourself and you compromise and you say, well, I'm just so tired. Lord, I, I'll do that tomorrow. And then, and then next thing you know, you have literally allowed yourself one step at a time to move yourself away from that place where you need to be in prayer. Now, why do I say that? Because if you look in the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, it is, I believe, and it talks about the armor of God. And, and, and you've got to be aware of the fact that one of those things, and a lot of people, a lot of Christians, they look at the armor, the list of armor, and I believe it's verses 10 through 18, I think is what it is, all the armor. But if you look through there in chapter 6, verses, uh, I think it's 10 through 18, and uh, when you get to the, to the, you know, it'll say the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and, and uh, uh, you know, girding your loins about the truth, and shotting your feet with the preparation of gospel peace, peace, and all these things. But it also says that in all things to we are to cover it with prayer and 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 people don't realize this is part of the armor you have got to have a time of prayer you you can't let that go but that's something the devil wants to watch and look because the bible says that he goes about seeking he walks about seeking whom he may devour he's not going after just anybody he's looking for whom he can devour whom he can swallow up like a drunk. He's looking to see who is not watching. And if you will not keep up with your prayer life, especially during these holidays, don't let the Lord be on the bottom of your list. Yes, I get it. I understand. We've got, you know, so many people, uh, you know, they say, well, I've got to get my uh, Christmas list done, and I, I've got a plan for this, and I've got people coming in, and all. But you've got to remember something: if you will give God first, first, give Him your time first, and allow Him that space, God can stretch a time. 
God can help you out with that. But the devil is watching. And if we are not going to be willing to do those things that we need to do and keep up in, in, in prayer and use the holidays as an excuse, oh, don't you know the devil's going to be right there. He's going to be waiting to be able to devour you up. And next thing you know, it's going to be one thing and another. And before you know it, you're letting go of other armor. He wants to de-armor you. Do you understand? Now, I don't know if de-armor is a word, but I made it a word just now. So uh, the bottom line is the devil wants you to take your armor off. Why do you think that is? He wants you to take your armor off because he wants to attack you. Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and he knows whom he can devour. It says he seeks whom he may devour. He's not stupid. He knows whom he can devour. So don't let him have a moment to be able to get his foot in the door of your soul. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, I am going to be willing to submit to others. I am going to be willing to be clothed in humility. I am going to be willing to let go of my pride. I'm going to uh, humble myself under your mighty hand and allow you to strengthen me, Lord. And uh, I am going to cast all of my cares upon you. I'm not going to hold on to them, Lord. And I'm willing to be sober. I'm willing to be spiritually sober as well as sober like we know what it means. That includes not going around uh, puffing up on that Mary Jane, Mary Juana, or whatever else you want to call it. Uh, you know, you, you as a Christian, you got no business. And, uh, and, and to be vigilant. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to be watchful. You've got to keep your eyes. You know what the word vigilant means? It means to be awake. Now, I know this podcast is going a little bit longer, but hear me now. We've got to be awake. Now, the Lord knows. He, the Lord's not an idiot. He made everything that there is that we see and don't see. The Lord created everything, including you and I. And so uh, the, the, the thing of it is, the Lord says to be vigilant through the mouth of Peter. So we've got to be awake. Now, you think the Lord's so foolish that he's thinking we, we never go to sleep? You know, he gives us 24 hours a day. Oh, oh the Bible says I'm not supposed to sleep. And so, you you know, some new converts, people that are new in the Lord, they see verses like this and they, and they twist them up. And it's like, brother, what are you, why are you so tired? Well, you know, the Lord said to be vision. I got to stay awake. No, brother, you got to get some sleep. No, I got to stay awake. Brother, you're misinterpreting the word. You, you know, we've got to be spiritually awake. We've got to allow ourselves to be spiritually awake. The Lord knows we need sleep. You know, our bodies, even the Lord got tired, don't you know? The Bible says that the Lord got tired and he sat down and he rested. And so we know that uh, if God Almighty come in the flesh, has got to sit down and rest because that body was tired. Well, sure enough, we do too. And so... Uh, We've got to be aware because it says your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. He walks about. He's not going to stop. He's going to keep on with what he's doing because he knows he's doomed. You see, when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, he figured, hey, woohoo! I've destroyed that very thing that was going to save the people and now I can kill them all. But you know what? When Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, hallelujah, glory to God. When he rose from the dead on the third day, the devil knew he was doomed. But do you think that's going to stop him from trying to take as many of us out? 
Do you think that uh, he's, he's going to stop from doing it? No, he's not going to stop. He's going to keep on. So guess what? we got to keep on too. And so we've got to be uh, uh, aware of our surroundings, spiritually speaking. Are, are, you, are you kind of laying back on your Bible reading? You know, I've literally heard preachers, and it's just an absolute shame. I have heard preachers say, oh, you don't have to read the Word every day. I don't believe that. I think it's an absolute shame for people to be telling folks that. Because the word of God is the food for our soul. And, and not only that, but uh, it, it's the wisdom of God. We've got to, how, you know, the Bible talks about knowing the Lord. Well, how are you going to know the Lord if you don't read about him, you don't hear about him, you don't listen, uh, you know, to preaching and getting in the word. You've got to get in the word. Now, I don't give two cents. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't give two cents for no preacher that gets up to preach and don't even open up the word. And you say, oh, well, who, who would ever do that? I'm not kidding. I visited a church one time, and uh, they they had this one verse they said, and they were done. Never mentioned the word of God again throughout the entire thing. Didn't even mention Jesus Christ. Wasn't talking about God. Went off on a tangent over something else. And, and when I left there, the person I went with, we looking at each other and thinking, what in the world were they talking about? I mean, it had nothing to do with the word of God. It was just mind-boggling. And so I ain't going to give two cents for no preacher that don't want to be in the Word and don't want to talk about the Word of God. And so we've got to be about the whole Word of God. So we've got to be vigilant. Please be vigilant during these holidays, folks. Won't you be vigilant? Won't you make sure that God has time? Won't you, won't you make time for the Lord during the holidays? I know, uh, you know, Christmas can be a wonderful time. Now, I know there's a lot of uh, Christians that don't celebrate it. And please, don't be disrespectful to folks that don't celebrate it. Uh, you know, the Bible gives people that uh, ability to be able to choose those things. And we've got scripture on that, and we'll talk about that another time. But let's be respectful of those folks. But if you're one that celebrates, look, you can't let that celebrate and take you out. Because then, then the question is, well, do you really need to celebrate it? Because if it's going to take you out and you're going to keep, keep yourself from praying and keep yourself out of the Word and, oh, I'm too busy to go to church because i got to do this and I'm too busy to make this church service because i got to get this done and that done. And then the holidays take over. Well, then that's where your holiday has uh, uh, become an idol to you. It's become an idol. And we can't allow that. We've, we've got to... Uh, not allow the devil to see uh, that kind of behavior come out of us because, uh, you know, I believe that uh, if anything, the devil is going to be watching out for folks this coming holiday. And so with that said, I am so glad to be back with y'all. I know this has been a little bit longer than what we do. I know we usually try to be done by about 40 minutes or so. And so I did run a little over. and uh, But, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, I, I will certainly be looking forward to being with y'all again on Tuesday. And so until then, uh, may the Lord bless you. And I would like to encourage you, if you would, uh, we have our worship service on Saturday, the Sabbath. Uh, and uh, we upload that service. We have the entire service, the entire worship service, all the way from our prayer time before uh, our worship service, and then also all of the singing and the uh, prayer time and 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 uh, uh, the music, you know, uh, everything that we do and the preaching and everything. So uh, it, we would encourage you, if you would like to, uh, uh, and join us with the eunuch preacher. And uh, that is, as I said, on YouTube. And then also you can join us uh, to listen on the Eunuch Preacher Living Life. That is the Twitter that we have. And I 
twit my tweets about the Word of God. So until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And uh, let's keep the Lord in the holidays. In Jesus' name, God bless y'all. Bye-bye.